Old Testament reading can be found in Isaiah chapter 53, and it's on page 740. Isaiah 53, starting at verse 1. Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him, and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions, he was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is silent, So he did not open his mouth. By oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And who can speak of his descendants? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people, he was stricken. He was assigned a grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, though he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it was the Lord's will to crush him and cause him to suffer. And though the Lord makes his life a guilt offering, he will see his offspring and prolong his days, and the will of the Lord will prosper in his hand. After the suffering of his soul, he will see the light of life and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant will justify many, and he will bear their iniquities. Therefore I will give him a portion among the great, and he will divide the spoils with the strong, because he poured out his life unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors. For he bore the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. And the New Testament reading is from John's Gospel, chapter 19, starting at verse 28. The death of Jesus. Later, knowing that all was now completed and so that the scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it, put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant, and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, It is finished. With that, he bowed his head. And gave up his spirit. Now it was the day of preparation, 
And the next day was to be a special Sabbath. Because the Jews did not want the bodies left on the crosses during the Sabbath, they asked Pilate to have the legs broken and the bodies taken down. The soldiers therefore came and broke the legs of the first man who had been crucified with Jesus, and then those of the other. But when they came to Jesus and found that he was already dead, they did not break his legs. Instead, one of the soldiers pierced Jesus' side with a spear, bringing a sudden flow of blood and water. The man who saw it has given testimony, and his testimony is true. He knows that he tells the truth, and he testifies so that you also may believe. These things happen so that the scripture would be fulfilled. Not one of his bones will be broken. And as another scripture says, they will look on the one they have pierced. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Just bow our heads and pray, Father, we pray. By your spirit, you'd speak to us with very great power today. That the light and the life of the gospel may shine into us even more. And that we would go out to serve you more faithfully in the week ahead. Amen. Folks, um, we're we're going to be looking at um, the... The death of Jesus, and um, and what I'm wanting to do with the, in the sermon is to, um, if it, if as a result of the sermon you you adore Jesus that much more, I will be a happy boy. I'm a happy boy anyway because I'm going out to Australia on holiday, but I'm, I'm I'll be happier. <laughs> so. Who are you angry with? Hey? Who's that person who's really annoying you? Are they taking your parking? <laughs> hey? You know, you, you, we, we live on an island. And it's small. And we're rubbing shoulders an awful lot with a lot of people. Hey? And we can get annoyed. We know, we know the person we're really annoyed with, don't we? Because when we hear someone else saying something really good about them, we go, oh, yeah. As if the person's like that. Because eh? as we go through life, isn't it true that things happen and we are offended? Yes? Yeah, we do. We, we take... We, Real things. People say things. People do things. Or they don't do things. And we take offense. Yes? Might be your next door neighbors. (laughs) Might have good neighbors on one side. Don't talk about them. (laughs) In the Old Testament... They had a certain way of, of helping people to live in communities. Because in these little village communities that you had around Israel, 
people had to get along with each other. And this is the picture. The one guy has a well. He doesn't cover it in the way that he should cover it. And his neighbor's donkey goes down the well and is a lost well. I mean, a lost donkey. And in that, the, there's now a problem, isn't there? Because the one fellow's lost his donkey, and the other guy did something that he shouldn't do. And they knew that in these communities, they had to sort it out. Because they had to live together. Because the thing is that if there's someone that you're really angry with, when you see them, you're, that's the last person you want to see. Hey? And so there's now a problem between the man who owns the well and the man who owned the donkey. And they had to sort it out. And the way they did it was this. The elders would gather with the man who had been offended and the man who had caused the offense, they would gather at the well. And at the well, there'd be a meeting. They'd talk about what had happened. And then the guilty party, the man who did not cover his well in the way he should have covered the well, he would pay to the man who owned the donkey. The amount that he paid was judged by the elders to be a fair, a fair, fair, fair compensation. He would pay peace. He would pay shalom. And because he had paid shalom, he paid peace, he could meet, the owner of the well could meet the owner of the donkey at the pub and not be ashamed. Because he had paid peace, their children could play together. Because if there's no peace, <laughs> oh, I don't want you going to play with their kids. They're not nice. Hey? They sorted it out by paying peace. Now, they had to pay peace because in not covering the well, and the, the donkey falling down it, a new reality had been created. And the new reality is this. It's guilt. There was guilt. And because of guilt, there would have been disharmony and, 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 and a lack of unity in the, in the community. This thing had been created. Guilt. And paying peace dealt with the guilt. So that the man who had the well no longer needed to, would not feel guilty when he met the man who owned the donkey. When their wives went together to the market to buy their carrots, they did not need to avoid each other. They could, still, they could say hello. 
They could ask how they were and mean it. Because the guilt had been dealt with. Now, let's go to the death of Jesus. In the death of Jesus, Jesus is becoming, Jesus is made the man who owns the well, the man who is guilty. He is made the one who's done wrong. The Father laid the sin of the world on the Son. The Lord Jesus took the sin of the world on himself by his own choice. Through the Spirit, Jesus offered himself. It's this, the, the, the death on the cross is a Trinitarian event. The Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. The guilt is put on him. So, the good news for us is that as we happily travel through life, we do things which are wrong. Yeah? We say things which are wrong. Yeah? We think things which are wrong. We do these things together in community. We do it, we, we do it individually. Because no matter how wonderful we might think that we are, no one's perfect. And this reality is our reality. It's something that we carry. If we're honest with ourselves. And don't we think that when we... When we look like at those pictures, those smiling ISIS fellows, and they, seem to, they don't seem to carry any guilt for what they've done or what they're doing. And don't we think, well, they're just like, psychopathic. Shouldn't be thinking like that. Because normal people are conscious. Maybe not all the time. But that sometimes we know we just we're guilty. And this reality of the guilt that we have created by the imperfect lives that we lead, it is the guilt that is put on Jesus. The wrong that we do is put on Jesus. He became sin for us. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. There is this most incredible interchange. Back to that... the. the, the the well man and the, and the ox man. When the 
Oh, sorry, the donkey man. When the donkey man gets his payment, he is satisfied. The death of Jesus on the cross satisfies the demands of justice. The death of Jesus on the cross satisfies the demands for justice that our guilt creates. It satisfies the demand, sets us free by forgiveness, because peace has been paid. And then it covers us through faith in Jesus with the righteousness of God as a gift by faith. We are made fully acceptable to God by faith in Jesus. Fully accepted. You are not on probation. God's not watching you to see you fall. By faith in Jesus, you are fully accepted. You are under the blood. You are cleansed. You are made righteousness, made righteous. Under the blood we live. There is therefore now no condemnation for those of Christ Jesus because the spirit of the law of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. The law at work in you now through faith in Jesus is the law of life. That's why whenever we struggle with unforgiveness and we don't forgive people their sins against us, the thing which is the problem is that we've, we're trying to get our own guilt taken. We, own, own, we want our own guilt taken away by the death of Jesus, but we're saying, well, that particular guilt is not going to be taken away. No, sorry, I'm not forgiving that sin. That too, that, sorry, that, that I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, can't, not forgiving that. trying to get the cross all into a funny shape. We walk in the freedom of forgiveness so that we walk out forgiveness. Forgiving the people who offend, who offend us from time to time. And as we go on through life doing that, we become sources of hope for the world. Because our world needs forgiveness. It needs reconciliation. Paul in, in, in Romans talks about how Jesus' death is on our behalf. He is the man who owns the well who pays peace on our behalf. We can't do it. He has done it. He's paid peace.
God is satisfied. So don't hang on. Don't hang on to that offense that that person's caused. Don't. Let the offense go. Forgive. 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 Let the offense go. Let the offense, the fault that you see in that person, let it go. Let it go. If the offense you're seeing in yourself is, the offense, is an offense in yourself, let it be under the blood of Jesus. Let it go. bow our heads and pray. For those of you who've been gripped by unforgiveness and the person's just you struggle to even think warm thoughts. Forgive. Let the guilt go. Forgive them. Forgive them. And for those of you who's who spent a lot of time this week just being so concerned about your... And Satan's reminded you again and again through the week how guilty you are of the things you've done wrong. Say to yourself, no, I'm under the blood of Jesus. I am under the blood of Jesus. There is no condemnation for me. Jesus forgives all your sins. Then I suggest simply say a prayer of thank you, Jesus, for dying for me. Thank you. Thank you for what you went through for me. And so, Lord Jesus, we pray. That you'd come and do a work in us that is so wonderful. We wouldn't believe it if we were told of it. Amen.